My name is Lola Puzzle, and this is Media Delta. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um, I feel like I should probably start this off a little bit differently than I normally do because I actually have to provide a little bit of a content warning about this movie because we actually haven't had to really. Um, this oh, movie involves uh or this movie has multiple scenes of uh pretty graphic sexual uh, sexual assault uh so if that is something that will bother you uh don't watch this movie because there's a couple scenes that are way to go way too long about yeah, it yeah the, the, the like two rape scenes go for like a bizarrely long time mm-hmm. i mean that it's no i spit on your grave but it's still pretty bad yeah, it's it's something to note, uh, which, by the way, we should probably actually introduce what we're actually talking about, um, because uh, we're talking about something that's based on an anime franchise or an- technically manga franchise. It's more it's manga is more of a bizarre thing, although it did have a couple anime adaptations, obviously, because we're talking about one of them. Um, we're talking about Gogo 13 to Professional today uh, and Gogo 13's a weird one because I think it's technically the longest running manga. I think that's almost still going. Uh, that basically has been going on since the late 70s and only stopped due to COVID. Uh, it's a long runner. Uh, and it's also, you could kind of tell the age of it. Um, it's also, when you think of anime, this is very much not the thing you're kind of thinking of because. This is, I believe, the manga that really started what I believe is referred to as the seinen um, kind of scene for manga, which is the uh, older, or not uh, to compare to, say, shonen, which is for young boys. This is definitely not for young boys. It's for adult um, men, is to yes, the target audience. Yes, this is for adult men. Uh, it is a very manly, manly thing with a lot of sex and violence. A lot um, of titty in this. Yeah. I was not prepared yeah. for the amount of titty in this. Oh, yeah. Um, so before we go on, I should probably, probably introduce who I have here. So please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Max. And I'm here to say I can't forgive you. You left my horny body. You passed me over like a wit. I'm Risen, and I'm a pastel shaded still with heavy hat shading. Uh. I'm Torpotypist, and I'm here because Golgo 13 lures all the women in the world to the height of ecstasy, at any rate, an amazing penis. Yes. Uh, fun thing about that, because uh, you took that from a panel from a uh, one of the manga re-releases of this. I have that manga on my shelf by, uh, <laughs> like, by me. It is from Volume 1. Uh, mm. There's also a fun, uh, if I have it, I took a picture of it on my phone. Uh, one of those, um, speaking of amazing penis um he uses it quite a lot in the manga and in the one of the back little kind of addendum things they have here let me find it um they they made a table of the amount the different sexual encounters that he has had throughout the series uh and did a tableau of nationality and what type or what is the what they were in relation to him. Um, uh, he, he very clearly, I believe the largest is prostitute, as it was. Uh, he sleeps with a lot of sex workers, yeah. yeah. The only mm-hmm. ones who will pretend they're enjoying themselves. 
Yes, yeah. I like. The, I also like at the bottom the graph, the the bar graph that denotes the race of the women that he likes to sleep with. I too. just, I, I want to mention one other thing from the image, the, the physical observation. You need to include these somehow. I might add both of these images, uh, but one of my favorites. The other one is strong abdominal muscles can do sit-ups while holding two twenty-kilogram dumbbells. I see. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Gogo thirteen. Uh, is a manga series by uh, Takao Saito. Um, has, let's see, when did it actually... I probably should have actually... Let's see, started in... No, that's not 19... Let's see, 1968. So it's actually been technically through since the 60s. Um, mm. uh, this is... It, it's about... It's a series about Gogo 13. Gogo 13, uh, also named Duke Togo, uh, is an assassin who is basically... An incredibly good assassin. Um, the best, and, you might argue. Yes. Yeah. Like Almost has ridiculously good at his job. I think he also has, like, I think the list is like 99% accuracy rate for, um, like, like, basically he's a god sniper, uh, which he's also notable, noted for using an M16 as his weapon of choice, which, if you think about this being a 60 70 manga, uh, the M16 actually being new tech at the time and being kind of this... The M16 was, like, at the time, was seen as, like, this advanced um, weapon because <laughs> it was actually, like, made of polymers and all that sort of shit. Delicious um, polymer. But actually, you should not fucking snipe with an M16. No, no. no there, there are multi yeah, there are a multitude of reasons why you should not... A, a M16 is... You can get... Like, people kind of forget the kind of ranges you can get out of most military, like, assault rifles. Um, sniping, using it as a sniping weapon is not exactly ideal. Um, nonetheless, uh, that is kind of what his trademark is. Uh, and he's been doing that since, since the sixties. Um, yeah. and you know, something that's long running, uh, there'd be many adaptations and the, I actually shouldn't say the first theatrical one because this technically isn't the first theatrical because there was actually two live-action movies that came before this. One actually starring uh, Sonny Chiba, if you're familiar with him. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It was Operation Kowloon, I believe, is the one that he's in. Um, but this is the first animated one, Gogo 13, The Professional. Uh, and this was a notable movie for a multitude of reasons, uh, namely because it was one of actually the first anime films that actually came out over here. Uh, it actually got a following like this is probably like early 90s or actually might have been even I think this came out actually theatrically near its release. Um, but also it was a very popular one of the first English uh, anime movies. Um, also a notable use of this is the first anime movie to ever use uh, computer CG. Mm -hmm. uh, which is very notable. As you can tell, that it is incredibly early CG. Yep. Uh, um, but other than that, uh, it is just a, another... It is an adaptation of a few stories that were from the manga. Um, although I think there are original characters in here. I don't believe that the... And like the... Um, I already forgot what his name was. The um, Lawrence Dawson. I don't believe that... Or Leonard Dawson. I believe that I don't believe he is from the manga. I think they made that him up for this movie. Um, but also, I think that uh, the but yes, I believe that these are just 
a compilation of stories that are from the manga. Um, so yeah, um, we've and this is directed in. One thing I will also say about this: um, this movie is directed by one Osamu Dezaki, uh, who we've actually seen work from him before, uh, and he has a very distinct style. Uh, we have actually looked at uh, Space Cobra. He is the director of that. Um, and he has a very distinct animation style. Uh, he really, really, really likes the use of pastel freeze frames. Like, he is uh, yep. notorious for it. And this movie has about 10 bajillion of them. They're everywhere. <laughs> Every scene, there's at least one. Also, really in love with hat shading. Yes. Yeah. Hatching everywhere. Fucking hatches everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I think before we kind of, I think that's kind of the basics. I think we should probably just start with our normal kind of discussion point. Our usual bullshit. Um, yeah. Uh, X, what did you think of this? Well, the sure was something that I watched. Um, this is an odd fucking, uh, is this an OVA or a movie? This is a theatrical movie. This is a okay. movie. All right, so this is a straight-up film. All right, so, I mean, because I want to get the terminology correct. Uh, this, I thought, I was just weirded out throughout most of it, not just because it has bizarre rape scenes that didn't really need to be there. Um, just, like, the overall pacing of it, like, I, I know it's very noir-esque. The whole movie feels like it's a, it's a noir film. And I'm not super familiar with Golgo 13. I saw Slow Beef play one game once. Um, that's about it. Um, and I don't, I don't think I was there when you played whichever Golgo game. We played it. For, we was. played it for like we played it for like 15 minutes. It's not uh, so. It was, Gol it was probably Gol the same one you saw. Actually, yeah. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe. Yeah, there's only like a handful of like notable ones, but the one we did Look. was uh, Golgo 13 top secret episode for the NES. It is a not good game. Look, no. there's there's a general flow to it. Kill, fuck, kill, fuck, kill, fuck, kill, fuck. Yep, been like that since fucking after a while. Nah. So, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect going into it, and I was, I, I'm no prude, but I was a little taken aback by this amount of titty and sex, and I was like, okay, all right, we're doing this again. That's fine. What? You didn't like the lady who had uh, eighty percent of her screen time topless. I mm -hmm. don't think this movie looked very kindly upon women, to be quite honest. No. I don't. No. I did not feel that women were very well portrayed in this movie. It does not. I don't know if this would count, but I don't think it passes the Bechdel test. No. No, no. I think it fails it miserably. No, every single woman that appears fucks your boy Golgo, except the one who gets raped. And, like, yeah. the other important aspect of the Bechdel test is that it has two women who talk to each other, and I don't think two women ever nope. talk to Never. each other. I don't even think that the one mother ever actually talks to her daughter. I nope. think the only, time they're together on, the only time they're together on screen, they do not say a word to each other. They are there yeah. for her, her father-in-law and her husband. But, like, yep. the opening, I want to say, 20 to 30 minutes of this movie mm -hmm. flow very weirdly. It was kind of like I was on Quaaludes while watching it, because it's very slow, the music is slow, the pacing is slow, things don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. He does a couple of hits, but they're not connected, but then the one hit turns out to be, like, the main plot of the story, 
that drives, you know, the actions of, like, the people around Golgo. Um, but, like, I just, I felt very weird as I started watching it. Because, like I said, it's just, the pacing is so on for something that's supposed to be about a guy who's a basically god assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, once the plot finally starts driving, though, uh, there is an interesting story to be had there. I do have one major gripe, and that is the very ending when, uh, uh, what's his name? The CEO guy, I forget his name. Leonard, Leonard Lawrence. Dawson. Yeah, Dawson. When he flings himself out, he has, like, he hears his son's voice telling him all no, this no, stuff. No, 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 no. It's, uh, it, it's, so he had a letter on his desk, which was from his son, which was the suicide letter. Yeah. Okay, I missed that, because all I, all I remembered was this, him falling out the window yeah. and then it's, thinking it's the stuff. Had. Okay, but even still, like that's not really well delivered. Like no, no, you never see no. him receive it, you never see him read it, you never see him have so, the revelation. It's just there. So the thing about that is that you could—I don't think I don't think inferred that, but you can tell that this wasn't this was something that he knew all along. The reason, because it's great, because the uh, the wife of the person who dies at the beginning, um, uh, talks to the like the Leonard and basically asks. Why are you after Golgo, who is this massive assassin? Why aren't you going after the person who put out the hit? Because uh, Golgo thirteen doesn't is not didn't do it out of personal; they did it as a job. Uh, mm-hmm. And the the Leonard Vizier was like, "That's none of your concern." Uh, so he's and then he got really like he destroyed the portrait of his son. So he knows this entire time he's basically doing this to get pissed off at or like he's mad at Golgo because he did the hit that his son. Put I out on his no, he's, yeah. he's venting his anger both at his son and himself in this mad pursuit of Golgo. Yeah, and yeah. out of revenge, basically misplaced eh, yeah. revenge. That makes sense mm-hmm. on on reflection. I I maybe I wasn't in the right frame I, while watching it. It's it's it, the, it totally slipped me. No, by, it's 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 know? a really bad reveal. But yeah, the implication yeah. is he knew the entire time because yeah. he had the note. Yeah. It also is because uh, this movie has bad pacing issues. It, it does, is not, yeah, it does. Uh, so it's actually great because when I, when I was like, I forgot who, like, because you actually said it, because I, I was describing this movie as like, I don't think this, like, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit to what I thought of it, is basically my opinion of this movie. In like, we were watching like the first, like, five minutes, and his door was like, is this a bad movie? And I say, this movie's not good, but there's fascinating things. That, it's a fascinating watch stylistically. Yeah, um, like, the movie yeah, has much. style. It does have an aesthetic, but um, it also it, it, it does have some issues that I think are kind of of its time. Like, I definitely noticed some, like, crinkling of the cells in certain scenes. Like, there's one scene where it was just, like, very blatantly just lots of weird little crinkles that shone through. And I'm guessing that was the cell showing up. I, yeah, as I say, I will say there were some good bits, and like the action was generally pretty all right. But mm-hmm. I will say the movie peaked with the entire uh, Nazi assassination arc uh, in it. Yeah, yeah, that, that 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 arc does have like that is actually that part is actually the first like scene of this movie that I've actually that I actually saw it was basically the assassination mm-hmm. on Bernard Mueller. Um. Which is a cool concept for a thing. It's just kind of, you know, animated weirdly. I actually liked, despite its absolute 
ludicrousness, uh, the shot he took against the Don, who is on, I think, the 48th floor of a building. Yeah, that's, that's, that wasn't a that's a Nazi. That was a Nazi uh, who that was an, okay. became a politician. I kind of faded in and out through the movie, I'm not going to yeah, lie. No, that was a Nazi, that's so her. it's actually even better than you thought. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's, I'm, I'm down with that. That's, that's good. But um, the shot is... So to quickly set up this scene, the target's in a building, across, not across the city, but a fair distance away from where Golgo's stationed. Golgo's stationed at a building that's between him and the target. And the FBI, CIA, and a bunch of other top you know, agencies are all watching Golgo. No, the DOD is, is the one you're thinking of. Is it the DOD? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the military stepping in as well. Right. So they're all watching him to, you know, like, get him because they know he's going to move on him, but they don't realize, they don't understand why he's sta- standing in a spot with a building between him. He fires through a window, which fires through another window, through another window, and then through that final window hitting the target. It's ridiculous. It is stupid. Oh, it's, it's better than that. It's though. better. It's not just he hit the target. It's there was bulletproof glass between yeah. him and the target. So he kept firing with his fucking gun. <laughs> and then yeah. he broke through the glass and with the final bullet just enough shot the Nazi between the eyes. Just the Nazi yeah. between the eyes did not touch any of the other naked women who were in the room. And yeah, exactly. even, even further is that his grouping with an M fucking 16, mind you, was so tight he was able to actually like break through. Do this, yeah. It's dumb. Yep. It's dumb, it's stupid, I mean, it's bullshit, but it was it was it enjoyable. Is... Quite literally impossible if you know things about firearms, like say Minuta Arc, which is a thing in which the inherent inaccuracy of a rifle. Mm-hmm. Also, just really, yeah. really quick, I-, I want to say the Nazi did not know Golgo was there. First off, and was not informed of this. And second off, there was an entire building between Golgo and the Nazi. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, shot through the forty-eighth floor of another skyscraper, clear uh, hiding underneath yes. a billboard. Yeah. And, like, if you think about it, those bullets wouldn't have made it through all of those windows and still penetrate the bulletproof uh, glass enough to actually do structural damage because it would have been, you know, uh, diminishing returns on each shot. Well, that's why he was firing an automatic weapon. That was the entire point of using yeah, the M16 he, in this one case. His M16 was specially modified to fire 16 bullets in a second so that it could pull off this amazing feat. It's, yeah. Mm. Mm. I got yeah. it from the arms dealer he fucked, I, I might add. Yeah, the arms dealer didn't want any money, she just wanted to get that dick. Yeah, also, I mean, that, that was ahead. another thing that was just, I don't know, it's, it annoyed me. The, so the sex is gratuitous. Not just the sex is gratuitous, because again, I've watched plenty of movies that have gratuitous sex in it. It's just, it was just annoying. Like, okay, we're going to stop all the action, we're going to stop all the plot, let's have some fucking again. Okay. Alright, fine. Yeah, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, I just, I dislike the fucking general. I want to add everyone, everyone, for all of yeah. you. Everyone. He seems like the worst lover I've ever witnessed. He is like, oh. we're talking pure wet fish territory, lying on the bed, fucking doing absolutely nothing having the woman do all the work that's what he does in the first he wasn't even a wet fish he was just a rod he's just a bore (laughs) if you if you remember the very first man-shaped chunk of wood the very first sex scene shows 
the woman just in absolute ecstasy. This is the best sex she's had in her entire life, and he she is ruined for any other man for the rest of her life. He is laying there with the stone face that he has throughout the entire the thing. Face. He's not moving an inch. He makes no expressions when fucking too. Yeah. But no, no, Ax. What I was saying is like, yeah, that scene is. He was screwing a sex worker, so I kept joking that she was just faking it the entire time to make him uh, feel better about himself. I don't think he would I mean, even care. I mean, he probably dude, I think, would. Yeah. I think the funnier thing is that his, like, one of his contacts comes in and sees him and just like, okay, I've got all this important information, and he's just, you know... I think he did eventually switch to doggy style during that conversation so he could look at his, you know informant and everything but it's just like this is ridiculous especially because it's in a like a white room completely white room like they're just in fucking purgatory fucking on this bed it's ridiculous also let's not forget the time that he impressed a woman by beating the living shit out of her bodyguard Mm -hmm. just immediately took him to bed yeah yep even even that Ended in a, a dumb plot twist because she turns out to be the fucking uh, target he'd been looking for. Yeah, yeah. she turns yeah. out to be the uh... well, it's the daughter of the target because that's I forgot. I think he was looking for no, the no, target. no, no. No, she is the no, target. No, no, it was a reveal. She like, is the target. the target. Like oh, he like breaks he into her. yeah, he yeah. breaks into the mansion, and that's why he goes to the phone. And he determines that no, the phone is fake. She's the target. Um, she doesn't actually have a living father or something who's this super cool assassin, no. It's an incredibly dumb reveal that, again, like, it's... it's There's a bunch of really just dumb twists in the movie. It's kind of amusing, yeah. Yeah, like, the movie, the first part of the movie, I think, like, the first third of the movie, I could say it's not very... It's not good except for the Nazi getting killed. Um, but the rest of it's just kind of like, it's stuff that's there to just say, like, yeah, he's a killer, he's... He's good at his job. He's really smart and resourceful. Also, women want to fuck him, you know. And then the last part of the movie is the actual plot that we were supposed to be doing the entire time. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, there are a few things I want to add really quick, which is, first <laughs> off, uh, during the, the Nazi bit, which is the, the San Francisco bit, I think. That was mm-hmm. San Fran, right? Yeah, San, San Fran. Okay. Uh, it's really good because his his arms dealer contact also gave him just this tiny fucking souped-up car. Yeah. It's really good, because uh, I actually really like the, the car chase, where he is just ripping through these side streets, drifting and turning like some initial D motherfucker, and it's kind of great. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I wanted to call out, because I don't know if this is intentional, uh, the shirt she was always wearing was just a giant shirt that had 69 on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do you want to add a couple other things? Uh, like, fuck. Um, also, the the so one of my my favorite dumb things, and by favorite I mean I hate it, is the the so it's basically a, a cavalcade of freaks at one point. Yeah. And one of those freaks is this freak who's really good at killing people. Uh, and so, in the San Francisco arc, he never actually approached Golgo thirteen at all. He just killed his fucking contact. Yeah. But then the, the, the CEO dude just takes him in and he's like, ah, yeah, you survived Golgo. I'll do anything for you. And then uh, the, the CEO, in his desperation, looks at this fucking 
man sitting in a corner of his fucking cellar full of liquor, pouring wine into his hands and sipping it up. And he's like, ah, yes, uh, I'll like the the guy asks for his his daughter in law. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah, you can have her. And that's all the whole great thing happens, and it's really dumb. Uh, and I hate it. But the only reason he survived is because he never actually dealt with Golgo, and it's yep. so dumb. But uh, one of my other favorite things in the movie is when they basically state that uh, Dawson is responsible for the JFK assassination. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was scratching my head going, that's fucking dumb. So, yeah. the thing with that, and that is a long-standing tradition in GoGo 13, is that one of the notable things about GoGo 13, the manga, uh, is that GoGo 13, like, deals with modern, like, at, at the time, uh, actual political leaders. And they tend to actually draw them very realistically, which is very uh, off-putting when you see a very real, like, next to, like, you saw the animation style. It's a bunch of people drawing like that, but then you just see Bill Clinton looking like Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, they, and also, uh, it varies. It's actually very exploitative, go figure, about some things. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, and it's, sitting next to me i just gotta read through which one it was i'm pretty sure that one of the plot lines that was in the 90s uh was that golgo 13 is responsible for the crash of Di- princess diana's car yep i remember correctly that is true okay i found a page with uh mm-hmm. some presidents on it uh nelson mandela also shows up i'm pretty sure that one is not as bad as it could be i put in mike wielder um yeah so yes, that is yes. Um he very much likes to tie Golgo thirteen to like conspiracies and all that. Uh which is probably why that thing with the JFK thing is there. Yep. It's but so it's good. still so fucking stupid. It's so good. Yeah, he's just like talking about how like the FBI and CIA and uh the DOD have always been doing his dirty work. And it just, there's this shot of JFK briefly. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's so good. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm torn on this movie because there are some, there's some good fight scenes. There's some good animation, but then there's some bad animation. There's shit that really shouldn't have been in there at all. Um, there's pieces of plot that didn't add anything to the overall story, but was just there to kind of pad the time. Um, voice acting was good. I like the yes. voice acting. So the thing about mm-hmm. the voice acting, and it's the problem that I had uh, when we were playing Inherit the Earth, is that this movie and that game share a lot of voice actors, and I was hearing it the entire time. Like yeah. the um, the CEO guy is actually voiced. If if you so if you're not familiar with uh, Retro and Rhapsody, it's the streaming series that I do. Um, that is the reason why we did are doing these things. Uh, Inherit Earth, which is an adventure game that just starred like basically furries. Uh, it's basically tr- in a like po- post-apocalyptic thing um, that had a bunch of characters that had shared voice actors. And one of the you're basically a member of a trio uh, that is a fox, a pig, and a deer. And the deer, who's like this nice, like uh, very noble, like night dude. Uh, was voiced by the CEO. And I like I was like half the way through the movie. I'm like, why does his voice sound so? And I'm like, oh right. Uh, and then Lieutenant Bragan, who was like the main, 
dude of like that cavalcade was uh, voices a man who lives in a tower who has a telescope that you got to fix. No, uh, no, Bragan was the uh, the head honcho of the yeah. San Francisco. Oh yeah, that guy. Yes, but he voices like a very nice gentleman or like old man in Inherit the Earth. What um, if Golgo is done all in furries? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, done. Good. No, I, I, I didn't have, like, yeah. Okay. Um, voice acting was good. I didn't really notice the soundtrack all that much. Uh, uh it, it was. There are some. Uh, there is the the opening scene is actually has a really good one. Uh, it has a really good song, uh, as well as with some really good CGI skeletons. Right. Yeah. No. I'm... Uh, I did mention that uh, in the uh, the chat that I like the I like the intro. I didn't like a lot of the music and the start because again, it was there's these action scenes and it's this really slow, flowy music that didn't really feel like it fit the scene. And then after that, it's just like I don't remember anything. Yeah, it's really easy to kind of forget that because there's so much things that happen in this movie that just kind of erase the mm-hmm. thing that just happened. Yeah. Um, like, I definitely just put on other music, which, you know, to a degree was fitting, because, like, I'd actually seen bits of this movie before, because uh, New Retro Wave or whatever they called chopped up bits of it to use for a music video, actually. The song uh, Ocean Drive by Ni- Miami Nights 1984. Hmm. Oh. I actually was like, once I realized, oh, that's the Golgo that that video comes from. I'm like, okay, I'm watching for the different scenes. When does he shoot the lady? When does he, you know, fight the snake dude? When does he fight the gold and silver guys? You know, it's yeah. I want to say overall, my opinion of this movie is not very favorable just because I feel like its shortcomings definitely overshadow the very few like good things it has and mm-hmm. i think that i think that's a good place for me to stop yeah um okay uh risen what do you think um i mean we've talked a lot about a lot of it and everything um i think overall i would i don't know if i'd recommend the movie but i think it is one of those things where it's like yeah there's some pretty interesting stuff they did with the visuals and everything some of them a bit goofy, uh, like the scene where they just had like, you know, picture and picture effectively of Golgo or some other people just like in a diagonal across the screen, and then they did it in the other way. It's also the only time it does that. So yeah, like they only did it like that one time, and so it's just like really weird. Um, the scene where he's driving a motorcycle to Dawson's like corporate headquarters, and then like it. You know, it goes from like a zoom, you know, close-up shot of the him on the motorcycle, kind of like from above, and then that picture shrinks down and slowly matches up with like a much much farther aerial view of the okay. motorcycle driving oh, up. That's a fucking right inspired scene transition. It's yeah. so good. I actually did like that. Um, but like you, I don't think you're watching for the plot. No, I don't think you are either. It's um, my most prevalent memory, though, is like getting to like 
the Nazi assassination plot and being like, how much more of this is there? How far are we in? And like, I think you informed me, like, we're 45 minutes in, we have 45 minutes left. I'm like, where's the plot? <laughs> like, it hasn't really shown up yet. Like, it's been hinted at. But like, the plot really hasn't fully kicked off yet. And so they just pack so much shit into like the last, let's say, 15 minutes. Because Golgo has to kill one of his informants because uh, his wife and child are being held hostage. He then has to dodge a bunch of CG helicopters that look fantastically bad. He then it's has fucking to balls of putty. Yeah, he has to then fight. What was his name? Big Snake. Uh, so just I think his name is just Snake. Which, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then had to fight Snake. And then he had to fight Mr. Gold and Mr. Silver. And then he had to confront Dawson. And like this happens in like 20, 15 minutes. Like, to be fair, like not much actually happens during that entire sequence aside from the fights. Yeah. Yeah. He's like it's going a up the featureless building he flies through. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's the, I think it's like the headquarters of Dawson's. It, it yeah. turns out it's basically just, it just turns into a game of death at that point. Basically. Yeah. Like, no, what makes me amused by it is that they spend all this time, like, with Dawson, like, selling his daughter-in-law to Snake and them, you know, having Snake murder, I think it was, like, three CIA assassins to show off how cool he is and everything. He also beats the shit out of Golgo when they meet. Yeah. And, you know, in the same way that they do with Mr. Gold and Mr. Silver, they're like, you know, oh, this was a part of a special operation in, what was it, Africa or Central America? Uh, it was, it was Zanzibar. Zanzibar, yeah, where there was like 2,000 rebels and they like unleashed, what was it, 10? 20. Weapons, or I thought it was 40 men. Or 40. Or, oh, yes, 40 men, yeah. They unleashed like 40 assassins into the jungles of Zanzibar to, you know, take them out and see how... There's no preparation. Do. Yeah. Um, and like Mr. Gold and Mr. Silver, you know, together were the only survivors and they killed all 2,000 rebels by themselves. And then for some reason they're on death row and Dawson had to do this whole spiel where he punched like somebody from the Department of Defense to be like... Talked about is the assassination of JFK, yeah. Yeah, it's like, how dare you, you not, you know, not release these men to kill Gogo for, for me. I'll shut down every one of my oil refineries and destroy the economy of the United States if you don't. And, and yeah, they just, they don't really show up until the last 20 minutes. And the fight is interesting yeah um bad screaming the fucking screaming <laughs> they're yes screaming screams it wasn't just screaming it was screaming in like just a bunch of recycled footage they used over and over for their attacks yeah that being said though uh gold's death um is great just it is basically a tr it's basically death by troll physics um, where base? I I don't want to spoil it actually because it's really good no in a very dumb way. Uh, fine. Here's if you can skip ahead like ten seconds if you want to go see this yourself. Um, 
Duke just man or like Gogo 13 magically pulls a grenade out of his like sock ass and yes, his ass just takes it and puts it in the guy's mouth. He then the grenade explodes. He's lit on fire in his head that just is like severed at the neck, just flying like slowly it down. It gently like it's falls down where it drifts like, downward. Okay. Yeah. But if we're talking bitch ass deaths, uh, my favorite is still Snake because uh, they at one point he fights Golgo in an elevator, beats the shit out of Golgo, really fucks him up, slices him yeah. up, stabs him a bunch, and then a helicopter flies by and tries to shoot Golgo. Golgo gets into a corner and Snake gets fucking riddled with bullets and dies. Yep. I think it's interesting that since Mr. Silver and Mr. Gold are basically like the penultimate fight, the final fight being Dawson, uh, they don't really rough him up as much as he got roughed up by Snake. No, yeah. all they do is jab their thumb in his open wound from Snake. It's it's kind of great. Also, they actually don't really last for long on screen and don't do no. much. They're not like, interesting characters either. There's, it was way too much build-up for what was essentially just a fucking yeah. weak-ass fight. Yep, pretty much. And then he murders Dawson. Yep. Yeah, he technically does in fact murder Dawson because Dawson tries to jump out the window like I've fucked up, I'm gonna kill myself, and Golgo just, like, pulls out his revolver and shoots him in the head, General Septum style. I think the, I think the thing was, like, okay, you're not gonna kill me, I'm gonna go out on my own terms to prevent you from getting the pleasure of killing me, so I'm gonna jump out the window and make it a hard shot, but it's Golgo 13, so he shoots him in the head of a revolver instead. And then... Then he lands on his head, so his skull is smashed, so there's no... You see him fucking, like, his head fucking explode when he hits the ground. Yep. And the movie ends. No evidence that he got hit in the head and everything, just so that then they can't blame it on an assassin. It's gotta, you know, they can only say it's an accident. Oh, actually, and then... No, no, No. there's still the scene after. Yep, yep. Where we Uh, find... Did you forget? But... That oh, the daughter-in-law had become a sex worker now and tries to fucking get Golgo to pay her for sex. But then when she realizes who it is, she pulls out a gun and shoots him in, like, the ass. And he just walks away. Okay, but, like, maybe I'm wrong and missed it, but I don't remember her ever seeing a picture of Golgo. So how did she know it was him? I... That is it a good matter. question. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about the fucking incredible subtext of this movie? Like at the very beginning, when the sun falls into a coffin-shaped pool. Mm-hmm. All right. This is like bad fucking like planning there for your giant yacht. You know, my, uh, like I must insist that my fucking pool on the back is a giant coffin shape. Um. Yes. It's great. Mm-hmm. I guess that's all I gotta say, like, add to our previous discussions, though, about what I thought of it, so I guess if you wanna ask Torbo. Yeah, Torbo, what, what did you think of this? So I've mostly said my, my thoughts and opinions. Essentially, the music was okay. Was it amazing? No. Uh, the actual animation, uh, pretty enjoyable, fairly stylish, definitely had its flaws, though. Uh... I enjoyed uh, some of the action, as I said. The, the movie really peaked with the San Francisco arc. That was mm-hmm. 100% the highlight of the film for me, bar none. But uh, otherwise, it was it was okay. It's I will say this. It's not a good movie. It's very much not a good movie, but I had fun watching it. Yeah. 
There are definitely yeah. you can enjoy about it. It it's a bad movie. It's a fucking yeah. bad movie. It is. Yeah. Is that your thought? Yep. Also, yeah. the, the big plot twist is fucking contrived and garbage. I'm done. Oh yep. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Almost every plot twist is contrived and garbage, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yep. the big reveal especially is bad. It's it doesn't land at all. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. I so, guess really funny that Dawson had his uh granddaughter and butler attempt to also assassinate uh Golgo thirteen in an airport and like yeah. the girl misses and then he quick draws on the butler and you know after he shoots the butler he just fucking walks away and but you do hear the granddaughter being like oh, Alfred no like oh, of course they need that. So um, so the thing about this movie is that is, like I said, uh, I don't think this is a good movie. I do think that it is an interesting movie, though, um, mm-hmm. at least definitely stylistically, uh, which is why watching this movie just makes me want to watch Space Cobra again, because it's by the same director. Uh, it makes me think that a majority of this movie's problems are actually part of the fact that it's a Golgo 13 movie. Yeah, because uh, Space Cobra has... Also very similar skeevy things, but it's actually done a lot better in Space Cobra because that is a very horny show, but it's Mm -hmm. actually done in a way that's not as like gross as it is in Golgo 13. Yeah. Um, And you also get the stylized, basically a majority of the stylized, except for like the After Effects stuff or seeming stuff. Uh, in this, you get a majority of that in Space Cobra as well. Also, Cobra is a much better protagonist than Cobra Thirteen, um, mm-hmm. which also helps. Um, but yeah, it's just this movie is not good. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's a fun watch. I cannot say it's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say other than. Uh, there are much better Osama Dezaki things um, than this. Also, this did technically get a, uh, a, I think they technically refer to it as a sequel um, called Queen Bee, uh, which is even worse than this was uh, because I don't think it's Dezaki doing it and it's just a skeevy. Mm. Uh, it's also like 50 minutes long, which not a good sign. I don't. I think that one is an OVA because I think that one went direct to video. Um, but yes, um, the other the other Golgo thirteen. Uh, so there is an animated TV series that was done for Golgo thirteen. That one's I I watched a little bit of it. That one's better because they toned down a lot of like it still has like the sex stuff in it as well. Like it's still that kind of level, but they tone it down quite a bit. Um, and it's also better because it focuses a lot less on Golgo 13 himself and more on the people who are hiring him, which is yeah. usually how the manga flows, but mm-hmm. not this movie. I was going to say, Golgo 13 is not a character. He is a fucking avenue for progressing the plot. Yeah, he's a plot device. Yeah. He has no personality whatsoever. Yeah. He's the kind of character um, that I honestly don't like because 
not is he just like just there to drive the plot along whatever but like he's great at everything he's got that whole batman thing going on he's fucking great at everything he's always prepared for every possible situation he always finds a way out of it like he he, he shows this bizarre um prescience uh knowing what's going to happen before it happens and then avoiding it you know number of times he's been in a car that's been shot up and burned but he somehow gets out of it because he knew all along or some dumb shit like that and it's just a, it is something that makes me actually dislike a character more because i like characters who have flaws who can be flawed who can make mistakes because you know you grow from that stuff you learn from that stuff if you're perfect what the fuck do you matter Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why a lot of the stories tend to focus more on the people who are hiring him and much less on him himself. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's not even just that he's perfect, though. It's he doesn't have a personality at all. He no. just exists to move the plot along. Like, he solves mm-hmm. the problems. He is the plot device that solves problems and nothing else. Mm-hmm. He's a wooden facsimile of a human being. So one thing I okay, so I have the Wikipedia page. Uh, one th- there is one notable thing about Queen Queen Bee that almost makes you want to watch it, uh, which is in an English version. Uh, Gogo Thirteen's voiced by John DiMaggio. Okay, oh God. it's pretty cursed. <laughs> I like I like John DiMaggio, but that's that's as weird as casting Don, John DiMaggio as the Joker. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of want to see, like, I want to see five minutes. I want to hear what he, how his take is. Is he just doing the Marcus Venus voice or is it doing something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which also another, because, like, again, there are much better, like, I feel even in, like, manga and anime, there are better cases of the, the brilliant, uh, like, person who can just get out of things. A much better example of that, uh, which is something that we got to do at some point. Uh, is Blackjack, uh, who is a... Oh, God, yeah. Blackjack, who is basically Gogo 13 if it was medical stuff instead of, like, assassination. Uh, but the thing about Go- Blackjack is that it's written by a much better writer um, in the fact that he can actually screw up sometimes. Also, he is not perfect. Mm. Also, he actually has a personality. Yeah, I was gonna say, the only thing I actually yeah. did appreciate about Gogo is that he eats a lot of shit. Like he does a, like lot, to eat of a lot of shit, shit. Mm-hmm. but otherwise, yeah. Uh, did anyone have any other thoughts before we go and rank this? No. I felt overall the movie is just very disjointed, and it's just kind of piecing together the stuff we've all talked about. The music didn't come together when it should have. Uh, certain scenes were too too fast, or, and some scenes were too short. Um, some scenes shouldn't have been in there at all. And just like it it just felt like a completely disjointed film. Like it was a, a bunch of different films that got smooshed together into one film. That's what it felt like to me. More episodes of an anime. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um it actually like you know what it reminds me of? Um there's a game on the PlayStation One called Galarians. Yes. And after it came out, they released a movie. Uh, I forget the full name, but it, it was a Galarian's film. And Galarian's, it was literally... Huh? I think it's Galarian's Ash, I believe. Or is that the PS2 one? That's the PS2 one. Um, okay. But they did, they did a movie, which was literally every cutscene from the game stitched together to make a movie. Like, they just went from cutscene to cutscene. And just Galarian's, cut out the game entirely. 
So it's Galarian's Ryan. Okay, Galarian's Ryan. Yeah. So that's what Google 13, uh, the professional, felt like to me. It was Galarian's Ryan. That's uh, fair. Yep. I think, uh, that I, I think I've driven, uh, dried myself. All right. Uh, Torpo, any other thoughts? Titty's really unsatisfying. Next. All right. Uh, so we're going to rank this new, doing our normal 1 to 21 scale of this movie is uh, one being movies absolute mastercraft. Can't be any better. Um, or I should say is a pinnacle of its genre. Uh, mm-hmm. And 21 is absolute garbage, not even fun, ironically, to watch. Um, so, Axe, what, where would you put this? I'm sitting at 13 to 15. That's not a good film. Okay, thirteen at thirteen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Risen, what do you think? I would say probably thirteen, maybe twelve. All right. Or then eleven. Maybe eleven is maybe the highest because, like, at least I enjoyed Wizardry and I enjoyed the Mutant of Guts and I enjoyed you know JoJo's Bizarre Adventure of EA a lot more than I enjoyed Golgo thirteen. All right, uh, Torpo. Mm, looking, um, say thirteen or fourteen, but I know there was one that Lolo floated. Uh, uh, so I'll get to that when I do my ranking. Okay, I'll leave that in the back of my mind, and I won't say much more then until you state your opinion. Mm-hmm. Is you were thinking thirteen to fourteen, just so I type it down right. For now, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I was thinking six six six, um, because. Um, this movie, I don't think is good, but I think there are things about this, uh, that, um, are, can be fun to watch because it is not good. Um, yeah, fair. Which that was my take on that. Um, the other thing that it's also funny because I, it's weird me being the one out on this. Uh, I was thinking 17. Mm. Okay. Because uh, you know, if, it's, if it's like not, I don't think this movie's good other than that. You know, I would still say it's better than Fatal six, Fury. Six, six, six. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, to the other things that we have at 66 are Adventures of Santa Hedgehog and Pac-Man. Like uh, Pac-Man cartoon. Yeah, made- Pac-Man cartoon. Right, the 1982 one, the Hannibal um, Vera one. You know what? I agree with the 666. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like it's... I don't know. I feel like 666 is more like stuff that's more off the rails. Um, let me look at these things again. So bad it's good. So bad it's good or at least fascinating. I do not agree that this makes that circle. I think it stays bad, starts out bad, and stays bad throughout the remainder of the film. I don't really think anything, even the good bits, I don't feel redeem it enough to be a film that A, I would recommend to somebody, and B, would ever want to watch again. This is true. Uh, I do feel like. I mean, I wouldn't want to watch Pac Man 1982 again either. That's also yeah. fair. Because, um... like, Pac Man 82 by my, and so, The Adventures of the Hedgehog, I look at them and say, these are bad with like pretty much no redeeming qualities, but they're interesting for their various crimes. 
And Golgo 13 at least has some very interesting cinematography to be amused by. But I don't feel like it elevates the film. And I think that's kind of a key to being 666, is that it's got to be so bad, it elevates it to a whole le- a different level that's good, but not good. And I think Golgo, the only things that I think are really uh, stand out for Golgo 13 is, A, the, uh, the fir- being the first to use CGI, and uh, B, yeah, some of its stylistic to- choices were actually pretty interesting. But its negative qualities, I feel, should overtake any of those things. And that's just kind of where I stand. I can definitely agree with that, because I feel like if you take a look at you think of like Adventure of Sonic the Hedgehog, it's at least going for goofiness in kind of the fetishy material, to be honest, uh, which kind it's of going what Pac-Man was doing. Material. Yeah. Whereas this, I feel like the funny bits come from like Adventure of Sonic the Hedgehog was trying to do something weird. Like it, it was weird by, by design and it, that weirdness adds to it. Uh, same with Pac-Man. Gogo 13 the Professional is funny because it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Is more mm-hmm. thing, or it's just it's trying things and not landing it in a goofy way. Fair. Yeah, it's it's me. It meanders a lot. It forgets its own plot. Uh, there's a lot of dissonance between the soundtrack and the the actual action going on. I mean, just I I, I could keep going, but I don't I don't want to like chew up all the time. Yeah, I can. Um, let's let's. Yeah, I think let, let's put that to the side for now, um, or at least uh, I think we can let's let's try and like put this on like the actual number scale or see if we can where we can get on that. Um, so Torpor brought up Fatal Fury, which is at 16, Fatal Fury, the motion picture. I can also. You know what? I was amused by Fatal Fury more than Golgo 13. I uh, no, I enjoyed uh, Golgo 13 more from a stylistic standpoint, and I like the action more than I like Fatal Furies. Uh, this is also very much... Oddly enough, Obari is almost a kind of similar case of Dezaki, who Obari has a very uh, notable design, very notable like look to the stuff that he's done. Um, that's... That's an interesting call. Or, or like, it's a... That one I feel I feel let's let's look at fifteen. Like I think I think we should establish a ceiling, like even to consider. Actually, I think floor might actually be a little bit easier for this one. Uh so at seventeen. Yeah. Uh Sonic Christmas Blast and Sonic Saturn. Uh season one. That's pretty bad, yeah. I do I kind of feel like I'd I would I think rather, it's if we're establishing a floor, I think it's better than the adventures of Lolo the Penguin. That's not hard, though. Yeah, so if we're establishing a floor, though, that's at 15. Compared to Salamander, then. Uh, well, Salamander and Dick Tracy are the other two that we have at 15. I did not like Dick Tracy at all. I, I kind of didn't either, now that I think about it. Salamander also. Salamander's plot was consistent, but to the fact that it's what it plot was makes its consistency not matter. Fourteen, maybe then. I'd be uh, fourteen. I think that would be a good spot. Um, at fourteen we have Batman, nineteen eighty nine, and Mega Man upon a star. Uh, I feel like, you know, 
I almost had about as much enjoyment of the like movie's plot. Well, okay. I like Batman's plot is better, but I feel watching Go Go. I feel like I'd. I don't know if I'd rather watch either of those movies again, to be honest. But I feel I had a much more enjoyable time watching Go Go than I did Batman. Okay. Uh, same. So now with we're Megan back up to Star. thirteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, personally, I like Batman more, but I'm not gonna fight it. Um, I mean, I definitely enjoyed uh, Game Pro TV more than. Yeah. So yeah, and also to establish a ceiling because I'm seeing it come up. Uh, Street Fighter 1989 or 1999, uh, also the 1990 Street uh, Turtles movies. I feel those are better movies. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think yeah. I think I think 13 is a good spot for this. Personally, fitting. I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. fitting. Which I will say, yes, it is fitting, and the fact that we built it up so that it's not just us doing 13 yeah, for 13. I want to emphasize this was not deliberate. Like, yeah, as funny as that would be. Just pulling reasons out of our ass to slowly bump it up by one until it Look, I uh-huh. reached so far up my ass for reasons that I could feel my fucking lack of tonsils. Yeah. Uh, all a, right. That's a beautiful picture you painted. Let's see. So it's episode <laughs> to 19. Dezaki, uh, theatrical release. Uh, figure genres action. And I'm putting the tone as edgy. Very, oh my god, yeah. yes. Very um, super edgy. Glad you slept in that content warning. Yeah, too. the content warning, which is not even bolded and already bulging out the content box of the picture. Let's see. What is it? And also, I also retroactively put it on Robocop because I forgot that that tag existed. Um, where's my tags? Uh, so, yes, I put S for. Oops, that's that's retro and Um S for depictions of sexual assault slash harassment. Uh, G plus for gore explicit gore uh and h plus for heavy sexuality um there is profanity but it's not excessive uh, yeah i don't think that there's really anything else uh because despite it being super graphic and like this not it's it's a lot less problematic than it could well okay it is not racist i will say that but then again they didn't wow. have a chance they didn't have a choice to I'm yeah, glad that this, to. I am glad that that's such one Hey, it had rape in it. It had a lot of gore, but at least it wasn't racist. It doesn't get the triple crown of bullshit. <laughs> well, anyway, triple, triple threat. crown. Okay. Triple threat. Problematic trick. Let's see. What to? Let's see. Is there stuff that we want to call out for music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, and art? Dramatic characters. Thumbs down on the music and charm. Yeah. Uh, um. Light bulb for cinematography. It does yeah, try some interesting. That is a good. That. Yeah. Storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah, I actually, yeah, that I'm actually gonna thumbs down. Action was yeah. good. Yeah, it was thumb out the action. Uh, art. I might put a shrug for the art because it can be good. It's hit yeah. and miss. Some of like the some of like the during the action scenes, the character faces just look really fucking weird. Yeah, it, it depends on the part of the movie because like the the end of the movie, like the silver and gold fight was terrible, but like the snake fight was actually pretty all right. But like once again, cannot emphasize this enough. This movie peaked in every way with the San Francisco arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's actually it's great when the San Francisco arc ends is when a lot of the bullshit of this movie starts. Yep. Yep. So um let's see, yay or nay. Uh I kind of wanna put Campy Charm in Yay. Yeah. That's the XDs, isn't it? Oh uh, that's so that's a nay. That's gonna go in nay. I know, I'm just mentioning. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one that's going in there. Yeah. I'm gonna put that camp there for now, and then boys. Where is my boys? Is there one that I can just? I think that's this one. Oh no, not all the ones from the wizard. Um, let's see any other? Let's see what other, what other charms? Let's see. It's not that's very boring. Not enough too many. I would not call it fetish. Um, wasn't. I might be thinking of something else. Um. Notably age poorly, going? what the hell's going on is is one. I would also argue um, notably age poorly. Yeah, this age mm-hmm. awfully. Terribly. And not just the CG. Yeah. It is an 80s-ass movie. All right. Well, I think that does it for GoGo13 The Professional. Or The Professional mm-hmm. GoGo13, depending upon where it's listed. Um... So yeah, uh, that is going to do it for Golga 13. It lands at a 13, not by accident, by accident, actually. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. with that, um, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. All right. Uh, Risen, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I will be providing co-commentary Torpid streams, and he'll tell you more about that. Oh, God. All right. Torpo. Twitch.tv slash Torpotypist and at Torpotypist on Twitter. And I would like to, you know, plug the hole left in my son, my wonderful son. I love him so much. He's the light of my life. Mm-hmm. All right. Also, another thing I would like to imagine, because uh, actually I should have probably noted this, the fact that this was not intentional. This was not originally what we were going to watch. Um, but thanks to Toei being shit. Uh, we ended up watching this instead. Uh, but the thing that's actually funny is that going from this from Fern Gully is an interesting jump. Yeah. Uh, and then going from this to the next thing we're watching uh, is also a fun jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the next thing that we're going to be watching uh, is Saturday Supercade, uh, which is a cartoon series that people kind of forgot about. Mainly because it's old. Uh, this, I believe, came out in like 82. Um, and I don't remember who the people who like were behind it. Uh, it's just CV, uh, Ruby Spears. Apparently. Oh, good. It's not Hanna Barbera. Of course, mm-hmm. Ruby Spears. Uh, so it is a series of shorts uh, that are based on the arcade games Frogger. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Hubert, uh, also Pitfalls there for some reason. But uh, also there is Kangaroo and Space Ace, but I don't think we'll see that in the sections that we're doing. But yes, that is going to be the next thing we're watching. I have not seen it other than for like maybe 10 seconds at a time. I'm sure that this is going to be great. But we'll see when we watch it. You know, when we actually watch it. Uh, So with that, uh, Thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a good whatever time zone you are in. Not you.
If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you would like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lolodapuzzle or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.